AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the crop insurance industry. With increasing commodity prices, higher price volatility, and rising input costs, America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance more now than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting 256 million acres of farmland and 350 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Mark Jackson is the president of the Iowa Soybean Association and joins us as our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Mark, welcome to the program. Thank you, Ken. I'm glad to be here. Let's uh, look at, first of all, what you as a farmer are most concerned about in August, and that is crop conditions. Um, how are you sitting on your crop compared to a normal year? Well, we're a little behind. I mean, initially everything was planted uh, up to uh, within a 30-day window behind normal. So from that perspective, we kind of were out of the box slowly. So the, the whole crop um, you know, was planted late. But we quickly caught up with temperatures, uh, moderating temperatures then came along, and now we're in dry conditions. So we've had the whole myriad of, of weather conditions, it seems like, uh, up to this point. Currently, we're very dry in southeastern Iowa. Uh, we could use a good rain. Um, it's, we're looking the forecast, I think, of 90s upcoming this week. So uh, we're still in a critical growing conditions. Uh, the crop does look good in southern Iowa because we did get all of our crop planted, unlike parts of northern north central Iowa that uh, there's vast areas that aren't planted. So it's definitely a mix, and it's got to be a real interesting um, dilemma for those who are trying to figure out where, where this crop condition is going to end up. Well, if we look at uh, making it to harvest with uh, the crop maturing first, um, do you think that you'll see prices uh, stay this low uh, because of the much higher supply than a year ago? Well, I would like to think that at this current uh, juncture, uh, as far as prices, that we've kind of found a bottom here. Hopefully that's, that's a little more solid, uh, that, that if there will be a direction that will be up, I think, I think yields are, have not improved. If anything, they've maybe slightly deteriorated because of the heat and the drier conditions. So with that, I think the fact that we're working off of hopefully trend line yields uh, earlier, and I think, you know, so from that point, I, I can't think it's going to be any improvement from that, but rather maybe just in a slight decline. Mark Jackson, let's talk about the farm bill or the remnants thereof that are in Washington at this time with this deadline of the end of September for getting a bill moving and keeping it uh, intact. Uh, how are you feeling about the potential to have farm legislation before the current bill runs out? Well, I've kind of given up making any predictions as to the outcome of the farm bill. It's just been a very frustrating pro uh, process that we've been dealing with as, as quality groups, working with our legislators. There's so many opinions involved. Uh, the social programs, the SNAP program seems to be one area that, that uh, seems to be a holding point. The farmers have given more than their fair share when it comes to, uh, you know, working forward to reduce the, the budget concerns. Uh, so the farm 
part of that, but we still need to focus and remind our legislators that this is a food security effort that we're in about when it comes to the Farm Bill. It's all about supporting the farmer during the, the downtimes economically, and that's kind of where we're actually headed right now. So I think once they get a lot of these issues worked through, hopefully um, we can get something done, but I think the bottom line for the farmer is and the farm groups, we're willing to work with whatever they have at this point because we need a farm bill from, from the point of just uh, having that security uh, financially, but also for the food security part of this um, discussion. Well, speaking of food security and those people who feel like it will be less if they don't have the SNAP program in place at the current level or close to it, um, how do you see the future of balancing the farm programs and the food programs both under one bill? Yeah, that's an interesting discussion there. Again, the commodity groups will work with whatever the legislators bring before us. Uh, we've traditionally gone with the food programs because it allowed a larger conversation of, of all parties involved moving forward. Um, obviously, there's a lot of fraud and waste being found in the SNAP programs, and I think that's part of the concerns. Uh, some of the more conservatives are saying you're wasting money anyway, so why... Why, so now that's why you see it going from $20 billion to a $40 billion cut in the SNAP programs. All these issues seem to infuriate the other side of that conversation. But along the way, the farm group just wants, at the end of the day, to, to get something that we can uh, have solid that's in back in place for another five-year bill so that we can go ahead and, and do the farming and do it the way, continue to do it the way that we've done a uh, superior source of uh, you know coming up with food for the world. Let me turn to a couple of programs from the Iowa Soybean Association, of which you're president, uh, one of them, the Iowa Food and Family Project. Tell us about that. Well, the Food and Family Project is an exciting project. It's, it's been there since April of 2011. Um, it's just a way of connecting the, the source of the food with the consumer. And it's just one family to the next, I like to say. It's from the farm family to the consumer family, uh, anywhere, whether it's... Uh, Primarily, it's, 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 an, it's an Iowa thing, but it, it, it can be broadened out into an international thing as well. But, uh, you know, the Iowa Soybean Association is a group of farmers that got together back in 1964, and we represent 40,000 soybean farmers. And it also encompasses not just soybeans, but corn and livestock and all those consumers as well. So it entails those, I guess, 43,000 other farm families that are in Iowa. So it's kind of a, an interaction of, of families and um they have many projects going. I don't think they have the uh, Join the Journey project with, with Kristen Porter, who's uh, commonly known as the Iowa Eats Girl on the Bog. They just came off the Iowa State Fair project where they they were located there, uh, you know, interacting, uh, feeding the world sort of projects. Uh, and we also have Talking Through the Shed, which is nothing more than a farmer being at the Machine Shed uh, restaurant, talking with with uh, all kinds of people to kind of spread the word of what farmers do. Um, we're involved with the Iowa Games, I believe. Um, you on the Farm is another project where they actually, um, people have the opportunity to take farm tours. And I think uh, planting the seed is another area where we connect with the FFA youth through uh, uh, different projects for grant monies and uh, scholarships, that sort of thing. I think Food for Pot is another area where uh, you have actual people of, of uh, high standing throughout the system, different levels, whether it's from the governor all the way down to farmers in uh, specific areas, uh, and everyone in between kind of telling the good word. Mark, is it concerning to you that many consumers 
get all their information about agriculture from activists. In other words, people who have an agenda are the ones who are telling them about agriculture, and you're trying to offset that somewhat? Well, uh, obviously activists are a, a source of, of information. I think people just need to realize. I think this allows them to realize that there are other sources, and if it's there, uh, word of the mouth sometimes is, is the best source. Uh, unfortunately, since it's in print or we see it on, on the Internet, a lot of people just automatically assume it's true. So they, they need to be able to, when people are sourcing information, to be able to uh, to get a broad uh a broad source of information so they can make a clear, informed decision on how important agriculture is today to the food security of the world. Last area, and that's your soybean sustainability program. What are you attempting to do there? Well, that's another exciting area that, that was started here a year, year and a half ago. Uh, from um, a national point of view, the American Soybean, the United Soybean, and the United Soybean Export Council, all three of these groups got together. Uh, along with the state affiliates, Iowa being one of those state of affiliates. Um, and the goal was to have a certification of U.S. soy so that our international partners could have some source to go to to guarantee to their um, consumers that U.S. soy is sustainable. And at that, at, you know, at that given point in time, there never is, there hasn't been. There are groups out there who are self-certified, if you will, that say, Certain things are or are not sustainable. And as we work with the European Union and the other Asian countries, there's a desire for us to you know, bring to them good, solid science that shows that, that uh, soybeans grown in the U.S. are sustainable. Last thing to me, and that is China. Um, are you putting so much emphasis on keeping this larger and larger flow of soybeans going to China that if that country had an economic, social, or political problem, that farmers would be hurt badly? Uh, China, obviously, is, is the big uh, source of uh, growth in this soybean market over the last 10 years, which has allowed us to you know, reach points uh, financially as far as the, the value of soybeans, uh, the historic highs. Um, but... Uh, be aware of the fact that the soybean group is worked diligently with all their partners, not just China. Uh, the fact that China, you know, consumes more than all the other states together definitely puts uh, puts out an effort at a at a peak rate to try to understand uh, the whole logistics of it. Um, but all in all, the soybean group, you know, has that in their sights or long term, uh, you know, project as far as strategic planning to understand the economics um, and the the China. Um, machine has slowed down, if you will, as far as that economic machine where it's been growing, growing, growing. Um, but I think it's it's still a solid economy, and I think that's the part we do. We just kind of got to go uh, year by year and work this thing through, but at the same token, look down the road so that we can understand where it's going to be headed in the long term. Mark Jackson, president of the Iowa Soybean Association, thank you very much for joining us for AgriPulse Open Mic. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by the crop insurance industry, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. I'm Ken Root.